The following is a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this and our other podcasts, along with checking out exclusive videos and photos, go to galacticnetcasts.com. You all remember Dr. Hans Kleindast? Well, for the past 20 years, he's been trying to keep his face off the cover of Time magazine doing research. His field of research has been time travel. It turns out if you go back and you change something, it's serious. It could be catastrophic. It's like throwing a stone in a lake and it causes ripples in the water, only now the ripples in time. So you can't go back and kill Hitler, much as we'd all like to, because for all we know, it could cause a chain reaction of events that could alter or even destroy mankind. We have to form a brand new covert agency to police this technology and to actually protect time. Hello and welcome to episode number one of the Sci-Fi Film School Podcast. I am your host, The Inter Dave, alongside Matt Stein. How are you, Matt? Pretty good, Dave. Um, I wasn't aware that there was going to be snooty music. Should I have dressed up for this, maybe? No. Uh, the reason for the snooty music, as you call it, is uh, we changed the name from Newbie and the Geek to the Sci-Fi Film School Podcast, and this is the closest music I could find to uh, a school. Because you always hear this music on like uh, films and TV shows when they show a college, so I thought I'd play it on the podcast as well. I guess you run the show, I just kind of show up. <laughs> You're just there. I'm just here. All right, okay. The reason that I wanted to change, I don't know if I even have a reason for um, changing the name and uh, the format a little bit of this podcast. Well, for one, you're a, a brand new co-host, so I thought, you know, with the brand new co-host, why not make it a brand new name and uh, change the formatting a little bit? Um, but then again, but then my second reason was... Uh, the name kind of says more of what it is. Newbie and the Geek was kind of, it could be anything, and this kind of says what it's all about, pretty much. Yeah, I agree, and I'm smarter than Eddie, so can't call me a newbie. All right. Uh, so, oh, this. Okay, so basically this is how it's going to work. Every week we're going to give uh, you and the listener an assignment, all right? The assignment's going to be a sci-fi film or TV show. You watch it, and then we'll reconvene the following week, talk about it, uh, discuss it point by point, and then at the end, we all take a test together. Well, not all, because I'll be the tester, and you will be the testy along with the listeners. <laughs> did I just say testy? Oh, you bet you did. <sighs> uh, you, what, is, what is it called when you give a test? You're in it's college. You should know these things. I know. Ugh. Whatever. The, the proctor? The pro proctator? You're, you're losing I'm this. Googling you're it. losing it on me because I have no idea. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I, I don't know. Whatever. I'll, I'll get that answered for next week, maybe. Oh, okay. I think, it's, I think it's a proctor. That's, that, that'll, be your extra, that, that'll be your extra credit for <laughs> next week's assignment. How about that? Alright, I'm, uh, I'm alright with that. I'm okay, right this week's uh, assignment is... The 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Time Cop, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, his highest grossing movie. Uh, this is the high point of his career, this movie, uh, Time Cop. Mia Sara, a.k.a. Sloan Peterson from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, sir. Ron Silver, and then future ER cast member Gloria Rubin. She was the... Um, 
she was the time enforcement uh, whatever uh that was uh, jean-claude van damme's partner that came in she was in internal affairs wasn't she i'm pretty sure at one well that's where she started from at least and then she became well she 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 was brought in to investigate uh jean-claude van damme's partner that went bad are we gonna blast to the past Dozens of simulated launches, but I, I never noticed that wall before. Simulating? Yeah, this is my first real launch. Great. Don't stick your head out of the window. She's a little shaky. Blood pressure's gonna loosen her teeth and her pulse is pushing 140. She farts, she'll get ahead of the pod. Based on a comic book written by Mike Richardson and Mark Verheiden, who is currently, by the way, a producer on uh, the TNT show Falling Skies. Produced by Sam Raimi, best known for directing films like Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, and the Spider-Man movies. Distributed by Universal Studios, released September 16, 1994, and filmed on a budget of $27 million. It grossed worldwide $103 million. So that's about $100 million too much. Yeah, you posted on Facebook yesterday. What, what did you say? Something to the tune of... Time Cop is probably one of the worst movies ever. Saying it's one of the worst movies might be a stretch, but it was definitely really hard to keep interested, basically. I mean, it was pretty cheesy, and I do like cheesy movies. Okay, you have to kind of put the movie in perspective, though. This was made almost 20 years ago. Well, right, and that's that's the way like all the Schwarzenegger movies and stuff from that time were the same way. And there were aspects of the movie I thought were great um like the first time he stops the guy on the, the rollerblades from stealing the purse yeah that was hilarious and uh, jean-claude van damme does the splits a lot in this movie well okay he also they had to showcase his talents that was one of right. the things that's that's what he does that's what jean-claude van, van damme does is he knows martial arts so they had to they highlight his talents quite a bit in the film yeah, you sure as hell can't speak good English. So no, well, no, not at all. <laughs> it was an improvement over Universal Soldier, though. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. That was that was before this one. That was kind of his okay. breakthrough. And I believe this is either the one right after it or shortly after Universal Soldier. All right. I all right. Look that one up. All right. So the assignment is Time Cop. And let's go into the portion of the podcast where we highlight what we thought of it, and kind of talk about little bits and pieces of it. Um, I thought it was kind of clever how that scene with the Senators at the beginning of the movie pretty much explained the whole concept of the film in about two minutes. <laughs> and then they proceeded to spend an hour and a half spelling it out? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It was clever. I don't, no. know, if, I don't know if it was smart. Uh, they maybe could have done it a different way. Um, I love how the, uh, the, the black guy comes in. I don't know what his job was. He worked for the president or something like that, but yeah. he was very serious when he came in. This is the utmost of importance and I will need your utmost of attention for this very, very important issue that we're <laughs> about to talk about. And then he basically just says, we need money. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, the one senator from down south made fun of him. Beam yes. me up, Scotty. 
<laughs> oh man, that uh, I have a funny story to tell you later about Star Trek and my day at work. Okay, do you want to talk about it actually on the podcast or afterwards? Might as well. I could. I guess I could. it's really short. But you know, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, when they got hit with with like a, a photon torpedo and it made that that sound. Yes. That sound is our fire drill sound at work. And we had a fire drill today. And I, the only thing I could think of was Star Trek. And I couldn't stop laughing. And I was supposed to be running outside. So the sound is what on Star Trek? That Star Trek sound, when they get hit, it makes that like, boop sound. You mean the, the red alert sound? Yes. Your school's... No, 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 no. My work. Or your work's fire alarm is the red alert klaxon from Star Trek. Yes. That is awesome. I'd be laughing my ass off. No, I really was. And then I looked around and someone's like, no, seriously, get off the phone and go outside. (laughs) That is awesome. I want to work where you work. No, you don't. I thoroughly enjoyed the Kenny G music whenever there was a love scene of any kind, either when they were... When when he was making love to Mia Sarah and we were seeing her tatas. Um, Jean Claude Van Damme's took us. Yeah, I didn't want to see that part. I was focusing on Mia Sarah's um, <laughs> nice breastage area. Uh, but the right. the music was uh, priceless. Every every t- they that was the first time they played it, and then the next time they because it really kind of stood out. Uh, right. The next time they played it was. Uh, ten years later, when Jean-Claude Van Damme went home and he was all sad about his wife, and then they played it when he went back to the back to the past and kissed his wife. His future self kissed his wife in the past. His future self kissed past wife. Yeah, in the, the present. The, the whole time paradox thing really kind of gives you a headache after a while trying to figure that out. No, it does, but it was easy to tell when. Future Jean-Claude Van Damme was around because he had a mullet. And his his hair was just a little bit more gray, too. Oh, I didn't know. All I noticed was his gigantic mullet. Yeah, let's talk about... Let's, okay, the mullet, yeah, that's pretty much the sign of the times. That's 1994. But let's talk about future... Was it 2004? They were That was supposed to be the time that they were living in, right? 2004? It was like 10 that years... Was, yeah, future was 2004. Yeah, that... I wish that we would have had some of that cool stuff in 2004. Right, and that, that's the thing. You, you look at like movies that were made in the 90s or the, or the 80s and the 90s saying like, oh, in 2005, we're going to be flying. We're going to have cars that fly. We don't have flying cars, and it's 2011. No, I know. They, they never get it wrong, or they never get it right. That's why if I ever make films, if they take place in the future, they're going to be far, far, far in the future. Right, right. And that is going to be a couple of guys doing a podcast in 25 years going, oh, God, that Dave Nelson really got it wrong, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) We don't even walk anymore. (laughs) All right. So um, I'm kind of surprised that Melissa, that was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife in the film, Mia Sarah, didn't tell (laughs) him that she was pregnant before they had sex. Isn't that something that would have enhanced the experience a little bit? I don't know. I, she she made a good point. She was trying to wait for the perfect moment, but then he had to go to work, and then their house ended up blowing up. There's never enough time. Never enough for what? To satisfy a woman. Then you never want to miss an opportunity. Are you busy? I'm meeting my husband. 
I were him, I would not keep you waiting. He's not here when I turn around? I'll go home with you. Do. All right. So, uh, was the guy back in 1929 listening to music on a mini disc recorder or mini disc player? Did you notice that? Yeah, I couldn't tell what he was listening to the music on, but it was it was something. It looked like those mini disc recorders or mini disc players that they they sold back in the uh, early 90s. I don't know if you remember those. They they came on. They were like it was digital. It wasn't like a cassette deck. It, it was like a digital, uh, uh, not a cassette. It was very skin or th- a thin. It was about this size, maybe. Right. Was because I remember for a while they made like miniature CDs too. Yeah, they did. They made those as well. No, this is something was it, different. This is the same thing or not? No, it was. This was something completely different. It was since inside a plastic case. The, you, okay, so the disc comes in a plastic case. Yeah, disc. There's. There, I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if there's a disc inside. It was just a plastic case. Well, it was probably some sort of readable memory. So it's yeah, be foil like a hard drive that you place into something and it plays music. Yeah, and you could record on them too. I was just wondering. It, it looked very, very familiar. Um, it's very, very possible. Shortly after that, the fight scene was rather funny between Jean Claude Van Damme and the two henchmen that came in. In uh, 1929, the first oh, guy yeah, where the, he jammed half of the light pole at the guy's ass. <laughs> I thought I was pee my pants laughing when he did that. I've got the audio from that fight, and it and it just sounds funny to listen to all the grunts and groans. I went ten rounds with John L. Sullivan himself. <laughs> I saw Tyson beat Spinks on TV. <laughs> Well, my favorite part is then the the stockbroker guy. I can't think of his name, but he pulls out that like super futuristic shotgun, and uh, it's blowing holes in the walls and stuff. But Jean Claude Van Damme hides behind a chair, and it doesn't blow through the chair. Yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of things that uh, probably couldn't happen in real life in this film. Oh, not at all. But still, it's it's funny. <laughs> You know what? We forgot to actually run down what the movie was about. Do you want to give a quick recap of the actual plot of this film? Yeah, basically, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme becomes a cop, but he's policing time uh, for the TEC, which is the Time Enforcement Corporation or something, something or other. And, uh, Long story short, he goes into the future, or he goes into the past to stop his old partner who went rogue from making a bunch of money. And then he finds out that the guy who's really running for president is the one that's paying him to do all this. And then they go after the president, and stuff blows up. And okay, okay, okay. Well, let me let me explain something real quick here. the The basic idea for the time enforcement, whatever it is is to stop these people that use this time travel method, this time travel technology, to their own benefit. No one's using it for anything but. You don't see someone who's going into the past to get a loaf of bread. But that could change, that could change your present if somebody went back in time and took that loaf of bread, Matt. No, that's true, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, 
they they no one no one did it for any other reason than something that could potentially alter the 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 future so that's what i understood is what they were policing yeah they were policing people and and what i don't understand is this one guy came up with the technology to go back in time right now how did all these other people get this same technology he must have just been giving it to anybody you know i don't know they never explained how everyone got it they just explained how one guy found it because because the the time enforcement whatever they've got this big facility with this this uh, this car that goes into a wall, um, and all these people that make it happen, and then all these other people have it too, and they've what what does their facility look like? If the if the government has spent all this millions and billions of dollars to to make time travel to send their cops back, these loan these uh, these uh, people that are using this technology to for their benefit, obviously. What what is their situation? How do they go back in time? I you are severely overthinking this whole thing right now. Yeah, I I do that quite often. That's I'm pretty good at that. Because all you need to do is know what the good guys, what their stuff looks like. Doesn't matter what the bad okay, guys. Okay, okay. Like. Just don't even think about that part. Pretty much. Okay. So okay, basically the time time enforcement whatever. Uh, they go back and stop these bad guys from changing history, and uh, a senator who is involved from the very start of the film uh, starts to use it to go back to raise money to uh, run for president. That's basically the story of this movie. Yeah. And then John Cla- and then John Claude Van Damme's wife dies, and he spends the whole movie moping over her, and eventually he fixes that because. He normally that would normally be something that they would bust people for, but because the senator guy uh, caused that to happen, then it was okay that he fixed the, the fact that his wife didn't die. Yes, yeah, because at the end is the the fight scene where he goes back to the house at the beginning of the movie and fights for his wife's honor. And you had not one but two Van Dams. That is a Van Damme nightmare. A Van Damme nightmare. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, let's get back to uh, picking this movie apart. I've got a few more thoughts here. Those future cars are pretty ugly. Yeah, but, they are. But they drive themselves. They, they You say home or you say wherever you want to go and they take you there. Don't you want a car that does that? Yes, but I don't want it as ugly as those things. <laughs> they were huge. I, I don't know... They look like buses with no windows. And, yeah, and there's no windows on them. Would you want a car no. with no windows? Uh, if I don't have to drive it, what do I need a window for? That's true. Um, another thing I noticed is all the, hen- all the henchmen had really, really bad hair and terrible, <laughs> and terrible clothes. Yes. I, th- I feel like it's a, a terrible movie ploy to show a differentiation between the good guys and the bad guys. That's pretty much what that was, too. I just didn't, I didn't realize that until you said that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because all the henchmen were in black, and black is evil, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, like this. watch, the, in the, the movie that I noticed this the most in is, like, watch the Harry Potter movies. Um, we just saw the eighth one, and, like, there's a lot of scenes where Hermione's in pink, but she's walking amongst all these people and everyone is wearing black or dark blues except her. 
and that's just so you can point them out. And that's they do that in movies a lot. That's interesting. I think we had the same conversation before. I don't know if it was me and you or me and Eddie, but this has come up in a, a previous podcast. That's interesting. Right. Okay. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? The liquid nitrogen scene was pretty cool, where it um, the guy's arm. Uh, fell off because it was frozen with that liquid nitrogen, nitrogen, but I don't think that can actually happen that way. I highly doubt it. Yeah, I think it'd be a very slow and a very painful process. I don't think yeah. it would be instantaneous that, that way. That's that's a typical ploy, ploy. They've used that in a lot of different movies. Yeah, the yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't think it would shatter. No. If, if you stuck your arm in liquid nitrogen and hit it, I don't think it would shatter. No. I, I, Think it would just hurt. It would. Really it would bad. screw it up. I, I'm sure that you would have permanent, really bad damage, but I don't think that it would shatter and fall off. Excuse me, Dave. You'd have permanent van damage. Sorry, van no. damage. Thank you. Van damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, when Max was in the house with his younger self, who's told by his wife. I'm just trying to read what I wrote. When Max was in the house with his younger self, who's told by his wife that she's pregnant, do you think new memories appeared into old Max's head? Because she changed the past, right? So does Dude, I, I would assume. I mean, based on uh, based on the movie and like what it preaches as what would happen, then it would have to. That would and, have to happen. And then uh, you know, Van Dam goes back to the present. And his wife is alive. Spoiler, sorry. Um, yeah. And he doesn't know his wife or his kid. But wouldn't all those memories come into your head because you've lived those because she never died? You would think. I mean, that's that's the way I see it, at least. Or did they do that on? Did that? Did they do that on purpose for effect for the plot <sighs> to make it a better movie? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess you could you could see it either way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so I have a lot of crap written down here. I made a lot of notes. Because <laughs> you love this, your favorite movie ever. Okay. Uh, before we continue, I've got the test up next. Before we continue, I want to uh, remind people because we're going to post this both on the uh, newbie and the geek feed and the brand new the uh, Sci-Fi Film School feed on both. So if you are subscribed to uh, the Newbie and the Geek podcast, make sure that you uh, go over to galacticnetcasts.com. Actually, uh, you go to school.galacticnetcasts.com and subscribe to the brand new podcast. And then for the people that have already subscribed to uh, the Sci-Fi Film School podcast, thank you very much. We appreciate that. And don't forget to uh, rate us. Give us five stars if you like. And uh, leave a good comment, because the more comments and more stars that we get, the higher up we get rated, and the more listeners we get. That's how it works. Boom. All right, you ready for the test? Ready as I'll ever be. We're going to use the knowledge that you gained from watching this movie to see how well that you know it. And new to this new podcast is this music right here. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, we're moving up in the world. Is that too loud? Hang I don't on. think so. Okay, hang on one second. Let me try to bring the volume down a little bit. Okay, that's better. Okay, question number one. You ready, Matt? 
Yep. Okay. Tell me either what year or what state the opening scene took place in. Tell me either what year or what state the opening scene took took place in. It's the scene where the guy uh, from the future stops the Confederate uh, soldiers and steals their money. Right. What year or what state did it take place in? Pretty sure the year was 1836. And I'm going to take a stab at the state, but I'm going to say Mississippi. Are you positive? Nope, but it's my answer. That is incorrect. The year was 1863. You had the six and the three backwards. And the state was Georgia. Well, whatever. One wrong. Next question, please. What brand of shoes was Max wearing in the mall when he karate chopped or oh. when he kicked the guy, the, the guy stealing the purse? Uh, do you want the between the lines name or the actual name? The actual name. What was what was on the shoe, the sole of the shoe when you when you saw it? Wolverine. And then he says, read between the lines. And the guy goes, no, you should, you should get the F out of here. <laughs> that is absolutely correct, Matt. <laughs> Bonus point for saying the other thing that you said. <laughs> All right, so one wrong, one right. Moving on to question number three. In this movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme worked for the TEC. What does the TEC stand for? It's time enforcement. It's either center or corporation. I'll go with corporation. Hmm. Final answer? Yeah. It's guessing it's wrong. The answer is time enforcement commission. Oh. Did you notice earlier on I was not saying the last part? Whenever I said time I enforcement. Didn't, I, didn't, I just didn't think you knew it either. <laughs> I didn't want to give it up. Didn't want to give you the answer. All right, moving on. That's two wrong, one right. What was it that Walker's wife was putting together on the videotape? What was it that Walker's wife, Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife, Max's wife, what was it that she was putting together uh, when he was watching the videotape? Is this music uh, distracting? No, I'm trying to think. Like I, could, I see it, but I can't think of what she's putting together. And then he, he mounts her. They're, yeah, I know. They're outside. They're outside on the grass. She's got the plans laid out in front of her. What was she putting together? A model airplane. <laughs> Is that your answer? Sure. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, the answer was birdhouse. Birdhouse. <laughs> when you laughed at me, I was going to say, oh, I bet it's a birdhouse. Oh, whatever. So that's four wrong, one right. Actually, no, that's three wrong, one right. Thank you. Because uh, we are on question number five. All right. <clears throat> this might be a tough one. Who, who were the Volmer twins? Who were the Volmer twins? Uh, what? Remember they 
It was Jean-Claude Van Damme and the chick, uh, Gloria Rubin from ER. Oh, the music's mm-hmm. over with. Hang on. Got to start it over again. All right. Uh, they were walking into the the time tube or whatever it is where the time machine was. And the two guys go, yeah, you look like the Volmers. So who were the Volmer twins? And they were mentioned a couple of more times, too. I don't remember hearing it at all. I'm the first people to travel back in time. No, the answer is the two red splotches at the end of the launch bay. The two red... Because the thing was, apparently the Volmers were two people that tried to go back in time, but they hit the wall instead. There was a malfunction, so that was the two red splotches at the end of the uh, launch bay. Wow. You didn't pick up on that? You didn't notice that? No, I just completely spaced on it. Were were you distracted by how bad the movie was? I told you, it was really hard for me to pay attention. Alright, so that is four wrong, one right. You're running out of uh, questions here, Matt. How many questions do you have left? We have four left. Alright, so I can, I can at least bring it above 500. Yeah. If you get all the rest of them right, you will be at 500. So here we go. What happens to future Senator McCombs' face when Max kicks the past version during the warehouse scene? What happens to future Senator McCombs' face when Max kicks the past version during the warehouse scene? He gets a scar on his cheek. Are you positive? Yeah. Don't, don't second guess me. <laughs> that was the correct answer theme. <laughs> I know it's kind of hard to tell, but that is correct. He gets a scar. That was one of the cool effects in that. and You had to kind of watch it carefully to, to notice it, though. Right. By the way, there was a lot of cool effects. when Whenever they went back in time, it was all, always pretty badass. Like uh, when Jean-Claude Van Damme and Gloria Rubin go back in time for the first time, they land in the Potomac. And then, yeah. and then when Jean-Claude Van Damme goes back in time again, he lands in the middle of the road and the semi is coming and he ducks and down underneath, down. which would never work. No. He would have been hurt in some way. I mean, that was, that was pretty poorly green screened if you're paying attention. Yeah, well, yeah. It yeah. still was pretty cool for the time. Yeah, it was before. pretty cool. All right. Question number seven. What did Max say to the head of TEC to prove they were best friends? When he went back after the senator did his thing, and then everything was changed, and uh, the head of the TEC didn't believe that they were best friends, what did Max say to the head of the TEC to prove that they were best friends? This music makes a difference. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, it's either going to be something cheesy like you said you'd never forget or some reference to his children alright the answer is that he had his wife's goulash hundreds of times and that she always uses too much salt oh I know that was a hard one yeah so Um, you are you've got six six wrong two right sounds like my real test force Okay, question number eight. 
What does Max accidentally find out in the hospital lab? What does Max accidentally find out in the hospital lab? You got this one. Yeah, his wife was pregnant. Thank you for playing my sound. All right, so that's three, uh, no, uh, three right. Six. Six, six wrong. wrong. Okay. Three right, six wrong. Do you have any more questions or is that it? No, we got two more. Oh, okay, good. Six. Okay, hang on one second. You got three right, six wrong. That's nine, right? That, yeah. Th this math is not working out because we are on question nine right now. So you've got... So there must be three right and five wrong. Three right, five wrong. Okay, thank you very much. I'm, I'm terrible with numbers. I'm sorry. Hey, so am I. All right. Uh, question number nine. After Max shot the one guy with his own shotgun, what did he say? It was one of those cheesy 1980s, early 1990s lines that you would yeah, probably hear Arnold Schwarzenegger say, too. I know, and that's why it upsets me that I can't think of it. <sighs> Does, will this help? Will what help? The music. Oh, the music. <laughs> I'm waiting for a sound. Um, I don't know. Don't go to pieces. Open this? Uh, no. <laughs> Am I close? Is that what the hesitation? No, the answer is that's gonna hurt. Oh. Then he had that one line in the factory that he he didn't say, but he told, but he said to Senator McComb, he was gonna say. Because uh, the one guy, you know, lost his arm in the liquid nitrogen. And, yeah. Uh, something about free. Oh, yeah, freeze. Yeah. He was going to say freeze and... Uh, never mind. All right. <laughs> so, all right, one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did... You'll get this one for sure. How did Max kill Senator McComb? How did Max kill oh. Senator McComb? He... Spin kicked future senator into past senator, and then they melted together because, yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Congratulations, Matt. You were mediocre. Failed. Yeah, right. Failed horribly. All right. Oh, whoa! Hang on one second. Didn't want that. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to stop the music gradually, but there's no, like, fade away, and I hit transition. Oh. So, all right. So, uh, three right. No, four right. Four right, six wrong. You lost the quiz. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'll get them, I'll get them next month, next pay, week. Pay more attention next time. No matter how bad the film is, pay attention to, to those little things. The little things yeah. that might be a question. You never know. Well, I, you know, I try to, but it's like I never know just how how nitpicky you're going to be. That's that's where it gets hard. Here, here, th this is probably going to come back and bite me in the ass. But uh, look for things that uh, that would stand out, like um, the Wolverine on the shoe, uh, the year the guy went back in time in the first scene in the movie. You know, right. little things like that. Those are the kind of things that I I make questions out of. Well, that's even you telling me isn't gonna do a whole lot for me. All right, so. okay, I tried. I tried helping you. <laughs> that's all I can do. No, I appreciate it. It's, all right, it's just all a matter of what I what I what knowledge I retain. Okay, so 
final thoughts on the movie what'd you think uh give us your like two sentence review worth a cheap laugh uh probably be drunk the next time i watch it good enough i like it i like it a lot (laughs) and the movie this week was uh, the 1994 jean-claude van damme vehicle time cop next week's assignment is the 1987 sci-fi comedy yep we're doing a comedy Spaceballs. yes yes (laughs) i knew that you'd be happy I already have it in my Netflix queue because I was planning on watching it soon. See, there you go. I'm I'm very excited. This is our first uh, comedy, and that that is, I was hoping that they would have Galaxy Quest in uh, Instant Watch, but they don't. It's only disc only on net on on Netflix. So, uh, uh, but there there is a movie that I don't know if it would pertain to this that I want to do fanboys. Uh, but it's not a view instantly yet. So Fanboys is an awesome movie. I don't know if I'd want to do it for this just because it's, it's not really it's um, and it's too sci-fi. good and it's too good. I mean they talk about sci fi stuff. It's a right. bunch of Star Wars fanboys, but it's not sci fi y enough. You know, it's not a sci fi movie. Right, right. So that's gonna be it. Uh so go watch the nineteen eighty seven sci fi comedy Spaceballs. And report back here next week for another edition of the uh, Sci-Fi Film School podcast. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, go to school.galacticnetcast.com. Don't have to put www. Don't have to put HTTP. Just school.galacticnetcast.com. And don't forget when you subscribe, after you listen to the podcast, give us a review and uh, leave some a bunch of stars for us, please. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet, Matt? Um, I have Google Plus, Matt Stein, Twitter, Draw the Matt, um, and I guess I don't know. I don't really add people that are my friends on Facebook, so just yeah. stick with Twitter. Yeah, Facebook is pretty much just for friends, anyways. Uh, you can find me on the on uh, Twitter. I am the Inter Dave. You can find me on Google Plus. I am either Dave Nelson or David Nelson. I always forget. Uh, Google Plus? Yeah, Google Plus. David. David? Okay, David Nelson. I'm sure I'm like one of a billion David Nelsons. (laughs) Uh, But just go to my website if you want to link to uh, both my social networks. Um, It is theinterdave.com. So until next week, we'll talk to you later, Matt. See you, Dave. This has been a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this podcast or for more information about this and our other shows, go to galacticnetcasts.com.